of your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, let's bless him. Let's worship him. As the deer panted for the waters of my soul, longer Christ, our Savior, our King, our Redeemer, the one and only Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ. Amen. Oh, you are welcome. Amen. And today we're going to continue with such an important message. The most important things to develop in yourself. Someone would have said, I need to develop the ability to fight. Another person would have said, I need to develop the ability to know how to negotiate. Another person would say, I need to develop the ability to progress in life in terms of finances. All those are good. I need to progress to make money. All those are good. But there are good things and most important things. All of us want to progress. Everything I've mentioned, I want to progress in. Who glory. I want to progress in. But which one do you want to progress in more? For example, which part of the body are the most important? Which without, you cannot live? The brain and the heart. The spleen is important. The lymph nodes are important. Here here, here, and where the bone marrow is mainly thigh. Hallelujah. Those are important because without the bone marrow for white blood cells and the blood cells to be released, infection comes, a, a, a small infection comes, you're dead. That's why HIV is a, 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 a human immuno. Uh, or to depressant or whatever virus. Hallelujah. But AIDS, at least, is acquired immune deficiency syndrome. It means that 
it, you are not born with it. But it was acquired, and it causes the immunity to be deficient. And therefore, what kills you is not per se AIDS, but it is the AIDS releases, I mean, it, the AIDS weakens the immunity and reduces the T cells and the black, white blood cells so low that any disease will kill you. So people are killed or they die from all the different diseases. So that's also important. The bone marrow, the spleen, the lymph nodes, the liver, the, the kidneys. But what are the most important? The brain and the heart. Hallelujah. How many have heard of kidney transplants? Yes. How many have heard of brain transplants? Unless science fiction. How many have heard of heart transplants? Yeah. Hallelujah. So the most important things among the important things that you and I should develop in ourselves. Number one, develop the cryptos man. Develop the hidden man of the heart. Develop the inner man. You and I are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. I am a spirit. You are a spirit. We are spirit beings. The Bible says God is the father of spirits. We must be subject to the father of spirits. How much more shall we be subject unto the father of spirits and live? So we are spirit beings with a soul and we live in a body. Our spirit and our soul are not from the earth. And God breathed into man's nostrils the what? Breath of life. And man became a living soul, which includes the living soul, spirit soul. Hallelujah. But the body was made from the dust of the earth. Hallelujah. And then God caused man to fall asleep because he said it's not good for man to be alone. I must make him a help meet for him. But people have changed the Bible anyway. But you can't change the Bible. Hallelujah. Then he caused man to fall asleep and then took from his side the rib and then formed woman so that she'll be... And then he said, she's bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. What do you think? So that is the body from the earth. That's why the Bible says the first Adam was from the earth. The second Adam was from... From above, heaven. Hallelujah. From above. So develop the cryptos man. Then we talked about what the cryptos man does. We read from a few verses. First Thessalonians 5.23. Let's turn to First Thessalonians, or the first letter to the church at Thessalonica, chapter 5 and verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this verse itself makes it, that's all I'm looking for. If you go back to that, uh, but yes. So this verse makes it very clear that the spirit and the soul and the body. Hallelujah. And then we read from Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. The only thing that can divide the spirit and the soul is the word of God. For the word of God is quick or is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of spirit and soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hallelujah. Then we talked about the most important part of us is our spirit. When God is looking at us, when God is looking for someone, he looks at the person's heart. And the heart is the inner man. The, what is inside of you? What is inside of me? God looks at that and determines whether he will bless us or not. God looks at our hearts to determine what he's going to do. Our hearts can be strengthened or our inner person can be strengthened. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.16 that we can be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in our inner man or in the cryptos man. Can I have an amen? 2 Corinthians 4.16. What does it say? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. For which cause we faint not. 
But though our outward man perisheth, that's the body, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. And then we talked about the fact that we feed ourselves. When I say myself, I feed myself through food, spiritual food. You cannot feed a spirit with body, with, with, with bread. That's why Jesus said, I'm not spirit. I'm appearing as physical flesh, but just spiritual body. I'm, I'm appearing, I'm here, not a spirit. Give me bread to eat. Spirit cannot eat bread. Hallelujah. So the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day and is fed and grows through the word of God. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Hallelujah. Then we talked about things that are hidden in the heart. If you want to know what is in your heart, if I want to know what is in my heart, then I must use the word of God, which is able to expose the deep thoughts of my heart and your heart. Can I have an amen? So we talked about Matthew 23, 27 to 28. The inward man is where good things or wrong things are hidden. Matthew 23, 27 and 28. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Talking about wickedness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy. So within, you appear nice and good outwardly, but inside you are, you are wicked, hypo, hypocritical, and full of iniquity. Imagine. Proverbs 20, 27, NLT. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. The Lord's such light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every, exposing what? Every hidden th motive. Exposing every hidden motive. Can I have an amen? So every hidden motive you and I have, the word of God is able to look at it and expose it. And then we read from Psalm 51 verse 6. Psalm 51 and verse 6. Psalm 51 and verse 6. But you desire honesty from the heart or from within. So you can teach me to be wise in my innermost being. So when you and I are honest in our hearts, we would admit to things and God would teach us wisdom inside. Does that make sense? Amen. We talked about all this last week. And then uh, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. God bless you, all those watching. Let is Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Psalm 139. 139. Search me. Search me where? Search me, O God, that's right, and know my heart. There you go. You can't search the feet to know the heart. Try me and know my thoughts. So God searches the heart and tries the thoughts. So God tests us with our thoughts. He speaks to us with our th in, our, in our thoughts to find out what we will do. So some of the decisions we make in our minds are tests from God. Because he tries the reins. He tries us to know our thoughts, what we think, how we behave, what decisions we will make. So sometimes, the fact that you are thinking about something and you make a decision in your mind does not mean that it doesn't hold. It sometimes holds. Even Solomon, a dream, God appeared to him in a dream, and his decision in a dream is what God used to bless him. Think about that. How much more your thoughts? Wasn't Nebuchadnezzar thinking 
And as he was thinking, he saw his majesty, he saw his kingdom. As he was thinking about how great his kingdom was, then he began to speak what was in his heart. And what was in his heart came out of his mouth. And that was it. What was in his heart got to the mind, got to the thoughts. He began to think about it, then speak it out. And that was the end of him for that era until God restored him. James 1, 21 to 25, NLT. Am I preaching to somebody here? So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. We need to. And humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts. Humbly accept it. For it is strong enough to save your souls. And remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen, if, for if you just listen and don't obey, it is like looking at your face in a mirror, but doing nothing to improve your appearance. We talked about this, so I'll not start with it. And then John 1, 1 to 5. You see us, uh, John 1, 1 to 5. In the beginning, the word already existed. He was with God and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Life itself was in him. And this life gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Now, we also read, I think one more, and then we continue. We also read from 1 Peter 3, 3 to 4. In uh, ESV, I read ESV, NLT. Yes. Uh, yes, ESV says, Do not let your adorning be external the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be hidden, the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is in God's sight, which in God's sight is very precious. And then uh, NL, uh, is that, that was ESV, NLT. Remember, it's only three and four, so five will not help us today. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty that depends on fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. It doesn't mean don't do it. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. So it means that us you are walking around and you are dressed so beautifully. Your hairstyle is $1,000. Well, I don't mean you spend $1,000, but it's worth $1,000 in look. Beautiful earrings, gold. Walk around. But when people see you and say, wow, this woman is beautiful, let them rather say, wow, this woman, she's so gentle and quiet and so precious. And she's beautiful. Versus she looks good but there's nothing inside. Rather, she has a lot inside and she looks good. But God is more concerned about what is inside. Can I have an amen? Okay. Now, Romans chapter 10, verse 1 to 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So people, there are a lot of people with zeal, but no knowledge. In fact, there are a lot of people with zeal, but no knowledge. They have knowledge in just a few things, but they run with zeal. Of course. It's better to have some knowledge than no knowledge. 
For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. They are like children of Hagar and not children of Sarah. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. This is very powerful. The Christ Jesus is the end of the law. So it means that where, when you are in Christ, the law ended at a point and then Christ took over you. Did, I hear, did you hear what I was saying? The Bible says that the law, even though it slew us, it was necessary for us because the law was our guardian or schoolmaster. Do you understand? I mean, it's, it's, it's like the law was a guardian to protect us, even though it was slain. What do I mean by that? The law will tell you that you are sinful, you cannot overcome your sin, you need a savior. So the law kept us looking for the savior. And then as soon as Christ came, the law ended and Christ took over. Can I have an amen? That's why the law for Christ is the end of the law. But many people are still in the law and therefore have fallen from grace. Anyone who is into law, law, law has fallen from grace. Because we are no more justified by the law. We are no more justified by the law. For the just shall live by faith. Let's continue. We'll talk about that another time. There's a lot to talk about in other times. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Now, if you, live, if, if you are trying to follow the law, you live by the law. And living by the law, by the law shall no flesh be justified. So it means that you are condemned already. You are under the law. You're falling from grace if you are still in the law, if you are still trying to obey the law of God. Or if, so, so, so it means that, oh, I have to do this because if I don't do it, then I'm not uh, following the law and God will not be happy with me. I must obey the Sabbath. Of course, it's good to uh, uh, rest so that I don't break down. But I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I need to follow these rules. I need to do this. I need to do that. No. That's, that's, that's not what God is saying. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? What is the word saying? What saith it? The word is nigh thee. The word of God is near thee. The word of God is close to you. The word of God, that's what it should be. It shouldn't be the word of God is far. The word of God is nigh thee. Is the word of God nigh thee? The word of God is nigh thee. The word of God is close to you. The Bible says that the word of God must be nigh thee. But many people say that the word of God must be far thee. But the word of God is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is. So which word should be nigh thee? Which word should be in the mouth and in the heart? It is the word of faith which we preach. That is. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe with thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This Romans 10, 9 and 10 are the reason why when I'm praying for people to give their lives to Christ, I don't just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, forgive me for all my sins, because the scriptural formula for salvation is Romans 10, 9, and 10, even though I say those parts. But you will not catch me saying those parts and not saying Romans 10, 9, and 10. You will catch me doing that. Why? Because go the Bible way. And the Bible says, for if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, Father God, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and shall believe with thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, 1 Corinthians 15 also talks about believing that Jesus was risen from the dead is what saves you. So many people might even be doing the salvation prayer wrong. Don't shut me down. I'm preaching fine here. Very, very true. Because Lord Jesus, please, I, 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 Lord Jesus, I confess you as Lord. 
I, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 also. That you died on the cross for my sins and that your blood was shed for me. And that God, and that you were raised from the dead, or God raised you from the dead on the third day. Or that you were raised from the dead. That word raised from the dead is the salvation. That, that's the key to salvation. Anyone who does not believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead cannot be saved. Impossible. Anyone who does not believe that Jesus died on the cross, his blood was shed and he rose from the dead cannot be saved. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, please. Moreover, brethren, and we will come back to Romans 10, 9 and 10. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believe, have believed in vain. Meaning that you are saved if you keep in memory what I preach unto you. Let's find out what he's talking about. Next verse. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Salvation. If you don't confess that he rose from the dead, then I don't know how you can be saved. So, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Confess. But I say it, but you have to make sure you say the path for salvation. And he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. Continue. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are falling asleep. So that's the proof of the resurrection. We are talking about some of those things. We'll talk about that later on. Next verse. And he was seen of James and of all the apostles. And then he goes on. Hallelujah. Now Romans 10, 9 and 10. How many are getting what I'm saying? I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that he died on the cross for my sins and that his blood was shed for my sins and that on the third day, God raised him from the dead. Salvation, you saved already before you continue. Before you even continue to say the other ones, you are saved already. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I confess my sins. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. But you are saved from the beginning when you talked about Jesus dying and rising from the dead. Don't shut me down. I'm preaching good here. Romans 10, 9 and 10. For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, there you go now, I saw all this, but I was getting to a point. For with the heart, man believeth. So we believe from the heart. So it means that for you and I, we must believe in our innermost being. What saves you and I is believing from the cryptos man. That's why it's the cryptos man that is saved, not the body. Not even the soul yet. The soul is saved by the word. I don't know if you are guessing what I'm saying. So, we must believe from the inside. That's why we are saved. 2 Corinthians 5.17. So, the, the, that's why we must develop it. Because that is the real you. That is the saved part. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature or creation. What is the new creation? The body. Did your body change? What is the new creation? The new creation is the inward man, the cryptos man, the spirit man. If any man be in Christ, his spirit is renewed. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we must develop it. That place is also so important. The cryptos man is so important because it is where faith is generated. It is so important because it is, it is that part that brings out the faith that works. Because faith is of the heart. What do you think? So how do you develop your spirit? When you become a born-again Christian, 
Your spirit, the cryptos man, is a baby. It's an infant, a baby. And the baby must eat to grow. But many have not fed their, themselves. They fed their body. They've, they've, it's like you've, you've painted and decorated a house. You fueled the house. But the people inside are starving. First Peter 2.2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. We grow by the Bible. We grow by the word of God. And there's only one word of God. The word of God, which is the Bible. There's no other word of God but the Bible. There is no other word of God but the Bible, which is the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, New Testament from Matthew to Revelation. That is canon. That's Bible. Full stop. There's not, no other word of God. So when the Bible says, assume one babies desire the sincere milk of the word, it doesn't mean some other word from some other religion. No, it's one word, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the word of God, the Logos. So we must grow. We are babies. And there's a lot to say about this, but look, for example, at Ephesians 4.14. I'll just touch on just a few of it. Ephesians 4.14. Let's start from 13. So this is talking about when God, Jesus Christ, ascended. It, what does it mean? It means he first descended to the lower parts of the earth, and he led captivity captive, and then gave gifts unto men. And he gave, the, what are the gifts he gave to men? Pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists. And their duty was to perfect God's children, to do the work of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Go to the verse before. To, do, to, to, to build the church for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the, the body of Christ. Next verse. Till we all come, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man or mature man or woman, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is what, that's, what, that's where we should be. That we henceforth be no more children. Children. Some people have been Christians for many years and are toddlers. Imagine a 20-year-old toddler. But that is how it is in the spirit for many folk. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slay of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So not to say too much about it, but to just say that when we are mature, when we feed on the word, we will not be tossed to and fro, hallelujah, by every wind of doctrine, but we would be mature. Can I have an amen? Look at Hebrews 5.14. Let's start from 13. Hebrews 5.12, actually, to 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. So it means that every Christian, a point comes in every Christian's life that they are fed by the word, and because they are fed by the word, they start to grow. And when they grow, they become mature enough to be able to teach. Oh, hallelujah. It means, the Bible says, Apostle Paul, he gave his life to Christ. God gave him revelation, or he got the revelation for Jesus Christ. Straight away, he preached Christ. And many of us, after so many years, we must preach, we must teach. You, you, we must teach. You can teach a fellow Christian. You, you, you can disciple a fellow Christian. You can see a fellow Christian who is new or who is, is, is old in Christianity but a, a, a baby. And teach them the word. Teach them. Teach them. 
For when for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So it means that a time comes in a Christian's life where the Christian must be mature enough to, because they've been feeding on the word, they must be mature enough to be teaching others. It doesn't mean to be a pastor per se, but to be teaching others. And then after, whilst they are teaching others, then the person, they, then they, they also help others to become mature. But they shouldn't be people who are all being taught again without being taught. How many are getting what I'm saying? For when for the time you ought to be teachers... Ye have need that you, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. We can take it. I think someone is calling. Hallelujah. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. I don't know that you hear what I'm talking about. So it's very, very important. Now how to develop your spirit. We've read number, the first is the word of God. Number two, let's look at Exodus 34, 1 to 3. Hallelujah. Exodus 34, 1 to 3. Exodus 34, 1 to 3. Exodus. Exodus 34, 1 to 3. Exodus 34, 1 to 3. E-X-O-D-U-S. 34, 1 to 3. Exodus 34, 1 to 3. Wow. And the Lord said... <laughs> And the Lord, hey, what is happening? And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tablets of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon, <laughs> glory to God, I will write upon the first, and I will write upon these tablets the word that were in the first tab tables, which thou breakest. How many remember that? God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, and because the children of Israel sinned, God was angry. Sorry, God was angry. Moses was also angry and broke the tablets with the Ten Commandments. And God gave him new ones. Hallelujah. Continue. We're going to verse 3. We're going to verse 3. And be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. Verse 3. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before the mount. Very, very important. The next important thing you and I must do to grow is to have our quiet time. To have our quiet time. You see that Moses was supposed to go alone. And, he, and, 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 what? and the Lord had commanded him and took... Oh, next verse. Uh, sorry, the verse before. Verse 2. Quiet time. And be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount alone. There is a difference between corporate prayer and personal prayer. There's a difference between corporate Bible study and personal Bible study. When you want to mature and grow, you must have your personal quiet time. What is the quiet time? What do I mean by quiet time? The, uh, it's, it's different from reading, just reading the Bible. Your personal quiet time is doing your own Bible study or finding out what God wants for you having a deep revelation of the word, having a deep uh, 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 time with God, 
where you are relating with God, you are speaking to God in prayer, and he is speaking to you through his word. So there is a dialogue in the quiet time. In the quiet time, you are speaking and he's speaking. You are speaking and he's speaking. Wow, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Wow, this is a tough one, Lord, but you need, I need help. You need to help me out. Oh, Lord, wow, this is your promise for me. Sometimes you have my quiet time and I weep because it's like, God, we are so good. How could you be so good? Why are you so good to us? Because he's shown you a promise that you don't deserve. And you are just in awe. And you are talking to him. That's a quiet time. That's what happened in the mount. Moses and God. Or God and Moses. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Very, very important. When you're having your quiet time, you are not just taking the daily bread like many others do. You take the daily guide. How do people have their quiet time? So many. Take the daily guide. There's usually, it's a daily guide. You can use it to have your quiet time very well. But what people do is daily guide, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. Then, that's the main one. And then there's a sub-verse, maybe uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. Just an example. So they read the John chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. Read 1 Thessalonians 5, 22, 23. And then they read the commentary. And then they say, Father God, we thank you and we bless you. You've not had your quiet time. You've just read the Bible. That's not a quiet time. That is someone's quiet time they've given to you. So you've read someone's quiet time, not yours. Don't shut me down now, preaching good. It's someone else's quiet time. When you have your quiet time, sometimes what I do, when I used to read a daily guide, sometimes it doesn't mean I won't read it again if I see it and there's some revelation I need to get. But when I was reading, doing Bible study, or if I'm doing Bible study from, from Daily Guide, which is not a bad idea, right now what I do is I just take a book, as the Spirit leads, and then I, I, I study from chapters, books, topics, characters, whatever, as I'm led, until I reach a point where God says, change it. Hallelujah. But when I'm reading the Daily Guide, like those who use it, what do you do? If I'm reading the John chapter 1, 1 to 14, I'll keep reading it, and I will do my own quiet time on it. What am I saying? I'll keep reading it and make sure that every important point. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I'll stop. I'll, I can take a week. Um, I, can, I can take a month on that, just that verse. You should be able to take a month on. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. John 1, 1 and 2. When you are having a quiet time with that, what do you do? You take that verse. Word. What does it mean? What does it mean in the Greek? Logos. What is Logos? Then you read it. It's the entire word of God. In the beginning, what is beginning? Beginning is time past. No, no, no start. There was, there was no start in the beginning. He, he never was not. So there was no point one where God appeared. So in the beginning, when you read, so the definition, the, the, the Greek of beginning, you, you, when I start, it's definitions. I don't just get up and read, then read a summary, and I say I have my quiet time. <laughs> then beginning, word, God, feels. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was Theos. Theon, Theos. So you do a Bible study on th th those Greek words. God, you sometimes see it as Theos, Theon, uh, different Greek words. Hallelujah. That translates into different words in English. What does it mean? You go through, in the beginning, so beginning was the word, word. And the word was, even the was, with God. God. And the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Oh. Even once, as soon as I stop there, then I'll remember the intercessory prayer. Where Jesus said, Father, glorify me, O God, O Father, with the glory that I shared with you when we were together as equals before the world began. 
the glory we share together. Then I'll go there and I'll add that to my quiet time before I even finish. Just John 1, 1 and 2. And you go. You are, you are off. Then you start to study God. Then by the time you finish studying about God, you, 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 you have, if you don't have tears, you'll be like, ah, what a God we serve. That's just one and two. Meanwhile, somebody has finished the quiet time already and have read a, has read a summary. Then you, you, you do further study on it. Then you also go to uh, uh, glorify me glory with the glory that you had, uh, uh, I had with you in the beginning. Then you do your own. Uh, 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 I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Then after doing all that, all things were made by him. And without him was made not, was not made anything that was made. Check what made is. Or do you see that it's created? All things created by him. And without him was not made anything that was made. So you get those Greek words. You've not even started analyzing yet. Then immediately I remember Colossians chapter 1. Look at Colossians 1 from verse 16. To 18. Immediately, I remember that, and I also do the same with that. So you see that you are not finishing now. By him, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. You are now doing that. So, so that's why it takes months. For by him were all things created. Then you pick the created, the Greek, that are in heaven, heaven. That are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones, you get it, or dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And, and then, as for the before him, all things consist. Yeah. Then, you, verse 16, then you write that down. Before you start to analyze what is John 1, 1 to 3 saying, what is Colossians what does it say? What is John chapter? Is it 17 or that intercessory prayer? Then you realize that God, Jesus Christ, has always existed with his father. They've always, they've, 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 they've shared their glory together. All things were created by Jesus Christ and for Jesus Christ. Whether in heaven, whether on earth, all things were created by him and for him. Including the things we are wrestling with, principalities and powers. Meanwhile, the person is finished, and you are just on verse 4. What does John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3? You are on verse 3. Is it 3 or 4? Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 4. One of these days we'll learn about quiet time. Where, where is verse 4, please? John 1, the time is going, please. John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1, verse 3. Please just do it. John 1, 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not made anything that was made. So you do all the Bible study. This, for me, you should have taken like three, a week, three days to a week. Just one to four. One to three. Then verse four. In him was life. And the life was the light of... So you keep doing this till you get to verse 14. Then you do the same with the Festus, uh, whatever they put there. When you finish all this, which has taken maybe two weeks or three weeks of maybe two hours uh, quiet time, then you read the summary. You say that God told you something totally different. You, after doing, after, what, what I do is I find out what is the verse saying? What is God telling me through this verse? After all this, after the definitions, what is the verse saying? What is God telling me through this verse? Is there a, 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 a command I need to obey? Is there a promise? Is there something that God wants me to see about himself? How do I apply it to my life? What are the practical steps? Step one, step two, step three. I'm going to apply every quiet time. I have to have interpretation, uh, summary, and conclusion, and steps for myself. Then by the time you read the other persons, you see that it's, it's A and B, totally different because now God spoke to you. God spoke to that person. So you've gotten what God told you, and you've gotten what God told to that person. But many people, they've not had their quiet time. They say, oh, I've had my have you had your quiet time? I had it. What did you learn? Uh, am I preaching to somebody? We'll learn quiet time soon. 
Hallelujah. What do you think? Very, very, very important. So quiet time is important for us to grow. Moses went up and he communed with God. because Then God will commune. God, God, God will show you mysteries. After I was having my quiet time and I started to use, I even got astronomy, not astrology, those things, I don't have time for those things, but astronomy, learn about galaxies. Then, then as you are going in, then you see how great God is. You see how great God is, the stars, the, the, whoo. <laughs> how great our God, how great is he? Then sometimes, as I'm doing a quiet time and I finish this, then maybe God will take me into doing a Bible study on the, the divinity of Christ. Or the, 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 the uh, 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 yeah, the divinity of Christ and how he created the universe. Then when you link it to God expands the heavens like a curtain, and then you look at astronomy that the, heaven, the, the Bible says the universe is expanding. I say the Bible, the, the, the astronomy says the universe is expanding. Then the Bible, the, the, the astronomy talks about dark energy, dark matter. Now you think about it. If the universe is expanding, how can solar systems be kept together? How can the sun be spinning, the earth and all the planets not just blast out? Because of the dark energy and dark matter. Dark energy is about 90 something percent of the universe. It repels gravity and so, so, many, so many things about it. Of course, dark energy, the reason they call it dark energy is because it's unknown. They don't know where the energy is. But we all know. Glory to God. Glory to God. Then you, 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 you let, so quiet time with God. When you are having a good quiet time, it shouldn't be less than an hour. But when you are having it the way we are talking about it, you can go two hours, three hours easily. And you just part two. Many times I have part one, part two, part three, part four, up to part 12 sometimes. Just from John chapter one verse. Do you see how easy John one, one to four? Hmm. But it's not just me. All we need to do is to say to ourselves, God, because I always pray, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, open my understanding of your word so that I can have a deep understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Then I open. It's everybody, but you need to want to do it. You need to want the time. You need to want to spend the time. You need to want to spend two hours with the Bible. And when you are reading the Bible and you are praying, in the, in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> it's like the revelations are flying to you. It's almost like they are, they are just overwhelming you. Wow, 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 wow. There was a time I was reading something and then I got to the verse where the Bible says, and God, let me get this verse and then we, we, we close early. Psalm 104, one, Psalm 103, Let's, uh, Psalm 103, verse 10. Let's start from verse 10. I'm not going to go into the Bible study on this, but this took weeks. Uh, let's, let's, let's just read it. Use NLT uh, from verse Let's start from verse 1. We'll just read from 1 to 13 and we, we close. I'll, I'll, I might touch on it next week, but I just want us to see. When, when I got, I'll tell you the part I got to and I couldn't move. Sometimes you start. Praise the Lord, I tell myself. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, I tell myself. And never forget the good things he does for me. 
He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. So this part, we always read it. So I said to myself, let me go into it more. Let me read what, con- what is after that. He, f- uh, he forgives. He-, he ransoms me from death and surrounds me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Hey, be careful not to treat anyone unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger and full of unfailing love. I got stuck here. Then I started to have the Bible study from that, the verse before. And then let's continue. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. Then I, I took the, the, the verse before. Then I took, which verse is this? Verse 10. Then I took verse 8, took verse 9. Or is it verse 9 and 10? He has, let, let go to the verse before. Yeah. He has not punished us for all our sins, nor does he deal with us as we deserve. Does this move you when you read these verses? It moves me. Continue. For his unfailing love toward us, toward those who fear him. Then I said, then I, then I wrote this down as pause. Because I wanted to learn about, I, I wanted his unfailing love to, hit, to affect me. But I realized that he said that for those who fear him. So I, I, learned, I, I, I had a quiet time on the fear of the Lord. To connect it. Because I wanted to know, because I know that if I want his unfailing love, I must fear him. What can I do to fear him? I had a good Bible study months on the fear of the Lord. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Think about it. Think about it. So it means when you fear him, his steadfast love, he has removed a rebellious act as far away from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he understands how weak we are. Look at it in King James. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. This is what got me. He knows our frame. He knows that we are dust. So he remembers it. And that's why he doesn't count our sins against us when we ask for mercy. Because he knows our frame. He knows that we are dust. And I said to myself, my goodness. I started to cry. I started to say, God, what a wonderful God. I started to praise him. I said, wow. You remember our frame. How good are you? And then I linked it to the fact that Jesus, the Bible says, for, 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 for we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore go boldly, boldly. Come boldly unto the throne of grace. And it goes on and on. Hallelujah. Having a Bible study gives you a certain love for God, gives you a certain desire for God, and, and you appreciate him more. You appreciate your salvation. Having, having a deep Bible study will cause you to try to love people. It will cause you to see that God is more interested in certain things than many people think. That many people are fighting, they are banking the wrong, backing the wrong horse. Many people are fighting the wind. Many people are, are fighting certain battles that when they die or they meet Christ, they will realize that they wasted their lives on those battles. Because when you read the Bible and you have your quiet time, you realize that certain things we are doing don't matter. Don't matter. What really matters is totally different from what so many people are doing. We'll continue next week. I'm not out of word. I'm just out of time. Shall we stand to our feet? Shall we stand to our feet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Oh, let's speak to the Lord.
Oh, hallelujah. Let's just bless the Lord. Bless his name for he is worthy. Bless the Lord for he is worthy. Just speak to him. Just speak to him. Tell him that he is faithful. Lord, you are faithful. Lord, give me the grace to read your word and to have my quiet time where you speak to me and I speak to you. Yes. Where you speak to me and I speak to you. So that I can be in your presence. I can feast at your table. I can feast at your table. I can be in my house and feast at your table as I read my Bible. I can have a good feast. I can have a good meal with your word as I read your word. As I delight in your word. As I dig into your word. And I can see how awesome you are. I can, I can see how mighty you are. I can see how great you are. I can see how wonderful you are. I can see how loving you are. I can see how forgiving and awesome you are. I can see how great you are. As I feast on your word. As you, the table is spread before me and I'm eating your word. Oh Jesus, speak to him. Oh yes. Think about our God. Sing it to Jesus. <clears throat> For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. Great is the Think about his goodness. Think about his grace that has brought us through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure. Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you know in your heart that you are far away from God, if you know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know whether you would go to heaven or hell, if you want Jesus Christ to save you, if you want to be washed with the blood of Jesus and you want the new birth experience 
to be born again, to be saved. If you want to rededicate your life to Christ, then I want you to repeat after me, all of you, including all of us here. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he came down from heaven. And he died on the cross for my sins. His blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for all those who have given their lives to Jesus and rededicated their lives to you, Lord Jesus. We bless you and we thank you. Keep them. Preserve them. And we pray that Christ Jesus will be formed in each and every one of them and in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you've given your life to Christ, to just write us a note, but look for a church. Very important. We need a church to help us, to disciple us, to grow in our faith. To grow in our faith. To grow in our faith. Amen. 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 We may take our seat. It's now time for us to give our offering, pay our tithe. Give our offering and pay our tithe. Amen. If you have your tithe, first and best, you have your offering. You can sell it. You can give it by PayPal. You can give by text to give. Or you can scan, scan me, and it will take you to the appropriate place. And you can give a good offering to bless the Lord. I want to encourage us to learn how to give. Even those online, you can also give so to the Lord's vineyard, and God will bless you. Father God, bless our offering in Jesus' name. Amen. And our tithe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to say God bless you all. Thanks for coming. God bless you. God bless you, those online. May God keep you. May God preserve you. May God cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you peace. God bless you. Shalom, shalom, shalom.